Welcome to the Reimagining Work podcast. This is the 18th edition of the podcast. Uh, we are your hosts, John Wenger and Rohi Nord. In the wake of a Facebook post by John, we asked the question, are we evolving blindly? We think we do. We don't have time to catch up. We don't have time to stay in touch with everything. The Industrial Revolution didn't help much. And now with the digital age, everything is evolving at a blistering speed. And we have trouble keeping up. We asked the question, are we losing sight of our humanity with all these quick technologies and distractions that we have nowadays? We hope you enjoy the podcast. What are we ready for as humans? What's the workplace ready for? What the the quote that was in one of the articles I read, which you've read, um, which I think speaks to a lot of the situation we find ourselves in. Let's just take, for example, digital social media as a potential collaboration tool for the workplace. I think affords us huge amounts of opportunity. But there's a quote, and I'd like to read this out because I think it, it's written really well. The the the, the excerpt goes um, we have stone age emotions dark age institutions and a bunch of these are my words i've edited edited a a bunch of whiz bang technology which we were just not able to fully comprehend which i think is a tragedy Um, the article was something around um, economics and sustainability and climate and all that stuff but I think it's relevant for the workplace because I've been thinking about the use of social collaborative tools in the workplace and how we have got, we have got the, ourselves these amazing technological things. And um, I've mentioned this to you before, we, we are still behaving like dicks to each other. And there's this stuff that I see about, you know, collaborative tools and social business and all this sort of stuff. And why are we becoming more collaborative? And there must be something to do with changing the culture. And how do we get people to use these social tools? And I always come back to, and again, I acknowledge it comes from my own background and my training and my sort of personal trajectory. I come back to the bit that's really important is the social bit. And if we're dicks to each other, having all the, the yammer and the slack and the Facebook messenger and the other whatever it is, is a red herring. And to say which one is the best way to get collaboration is a red herring. Really, I think the thrust should be on how can we actually become more collaborative as human beings? That I think will be the the, the revolution in the workplace. Isn't it um, um, something where you go and think we're unlearning our social behavior more and more rather than enhancing our social behavior? I mean, Sure, we've always had like conflicts and uh, on, on on a small level, right? I mean, war is a, a persistent human uh, state. I think we in, in in the twentieth century we literally only had like one day of peace on the whole world. Good lord, um, something like that, or a year. Uh, but 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 no. My point is that I mean, 
in 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 past time we had to be more social with each other because we were to depending on each other more in a in a small local environment than we are now where i mean i'm not dependent on my neighbor at all so there's really no reason other than i want to uh -huh. but there's no real reason for my survival that i will be uh, friendly with him and we're becoming more and more uh, distant Separate. from each other. I'm interested to hear what why you what you think is the development developments that have led to that because I think you're you're right because at the same time I also know that in terms of human beings that have been killed in conflict that number has been declining for for a long time. Not to say that the world is a lovely peaceful place, but it's actual just, numbers of people that, dying. That's, in that's just the the, the 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 evolution of the way we war i mean sure of sure. course there's there's less people being killed if we use remote controlled drones i mean but the amount exactly. of drones that come yeah. down are are quite large i mean there's quite a few of them being shut down and all and uh, and the victims they make i mean what we're we talking about are we talking about collateral damage or are we talking about the, the soldiers that are in uh, uh, in decline the, the deaths or is it like the the, the 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 people around them I mean I think it's I think I, I, I don't quote me on this but I it's something I read recently I think it's all all deaths in armed conflict okay. yeah well like I said I and mean not, te not, technology I, yeah. helps a lot right I mean yeah with that. So it helps us kill helps us kill people more more efficiently and get the ones we want. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm not making any kind of logical conclusion out of that. So the world, and also I'm not also saying that the world has become a more peaceful place. I mean, I think there, like you say, maybe we've had one day of peace in the 20th century. You know, I struggle to think that we might find that in the 21st century unless we really, you know, have a word with ourselves and go, hang on a second. We only shift. That's all we do. But when you say that, I mean, I, I think that's an interesting perspective that you don't really rely on any interaction with people who are in your locality. What do you think kind of has led to that that stage where we don't maybe we don't need to be collaborative, which which begs an interesting question. Well, it's the uh, it's it's in part the availability. Um, uh, it's not the word I really want, but the availability of resources. Right, um, uh -huh. I can get in my car, I can go to a supermarket, and I can get anything I want. There are supermarkets, luckily they're a little bit further away from me, but there are supermarkets where you can, literally, you can walk in with mm. only a credit card, mm. right? Nothing else, and that literally means nothing else, just a credit card, you're butt naked. You know, and you can you can walk where, in where there. Do you, where do you keep your credit card? <laughs> in your hand. <laughs> uh. <laughs> or if you have to carry a lot of stuff, be creative. Mm. But um, but you can walk in naked, and you can walk out with everything you need to uh, to fill a house, inclusive all your clothing, all your mm. food for a long time, and and that's just in one building, and. Mm. Um, that means that you, uh, well, you're dependent on the supermarket and the banks and, and, and that infrastructure, obviously, but the amount of human interaction that you need in order to 
do everything that you need to do in order to live requires no human contact. That's right. Yeah. And that's right. I think and and in the old days you had to walk somewhere and have interaction with your bakery or your baker. You had to have an interaction with your butcher. You had to have a regular interaction with your landlord if you had one uh, or your your uh, people that rented from you or lived on your land or whatever. I mean, you had to have a certain regular daily uh, contact with people. And that, in turn, forces you to have um, uh, some social skills. Okay, so like you're, you're a bit like me. Like you can, you can gab until the cows come home. <laughs> and we, both, we both like talking and interacting with people yeah. you're suggesting that we're unlearning some of those social skills there's a drive surely there's a drive for people to to want to connect i know that we could go to a supermarket like you're right i could spend i could go through an entire day not actually saying uttering any words apart from to my dogs if mm -hmm. i chose to mm -hmm. uh, I, th I think the problem but, is even even bigger than that i mean it's the the um um the diminishing level uh, of education that we experience um, where we teach our children uh, less and less in a, in, in a more predictive manner um, and it's the the anonymity of the internet and those kind of things which cause um, the, the amazing drop in uh, decent social behavior that we're witnessing um i'm not entirely sure if we, we don't so we're, we've, we've we're cutting off our, we're, we're cutting off our noses despite our face what well we're not learning we're not learning something we're not we're not we're we're moving really fast in this digital age right i mean the technology is just it's not yet not quite yet out of control but we're getting there very rapidly and singularity is something that is that that's a real thing. That's where technology develops faster than humans can grasp its uh, momentum or something like that. And um, for a lot of people, that point has already been reached, uh, and it gets more difficult to catch up. And but the development goes faster and faster, so it'll be yeah. more difficult for people to catch up or to stay in touch with all those developments. And the gaps between those who know and those who don't know are getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, and, and that goes faster and faster. And so, but we're not learning how to deal with those kind of things. We're adapting and uh, as quickly as we can, and some are more able to adapt than others, but we're not learning. Right. That, that's that's exactly right. That's what I think comes back to that thing I was saying earlier. That the tragedy is that we have we have surpassed ourselves in the technology that we've mm -hmm. got, but we're not keeping up with our ability. We've created a world that we actually don't know how to cope with. <laughs> it's, and that's that's the tra you know the, the it's the, um, the tragedy is that we we've walked blindly. Yeah, utterly, because this is so, this is happening so fast that. Uh, People really don't. They they really don't have time to just stop and think. 
it, I mean, all the other things that we did in the past, um, certain behaviors and things like that took thousands of years to develop. Mm-hmm. And some a little bit less, but, you know, we didn't just uh, went from a couple of guys who were just, you know, chasing a mammoth to living in a huge city. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and being able to interact with each other, or maybe not a big city, but it's, um, yeah. But I take note, we were able, I guess in a sense, we were kind of able to keep up with the technological de- developments that we were coming up with at the time. It was, it, back and, then and it was difficult it for the people. Industrial revolution. It was sure. It was still difficult. I mean, uh, what what is it like? They had they tried to have a law somewhere in Kansas or something with a car that if a car would meet a horse and carriage, mm. the car would have to every half a mile would have to shoot up a uh, a flare to let everybody know that it's coming. It would have to stop the car on the side of the road to let the horse pass if the horse didn't dare oh and it would have to put a, a cover over the car so it would blend into the landscape so the so the horse would be able to walk by if the horse didn't dare to go by then the owner of the car would be forced to take the car apart and carry it <laughs> right you know past the horse and then put the car back together again this this is what I was thinking. Like maybe it maybe it didn't come until the industrial revolution and we started to mass produce things that technology began to outpace our ability to deal with it. Mm-hmm. That previously, you know, advances in human society to, and technological advances were far slower than we see today. Mm-hmm. And maybe we were able to keep up with them. But you know, again, come back to that quote. We've got Stone Age emotions, medieval institutions, and this amazing technological yeah, world exactly. that we have just not kept up with. Yeah. And I think when you talk about we, we could live our lives really separated from each other, even though we're highly interconnected now because you can't get your food because you rely on a highly interconnected and complex system of food delivery to get to your supermarket, we actually, on a human level, we could get, get through our lives with little encountering of each other. However, I think that contrasts with what I think is a real innate human need to connect and be with others and there you know thereby we therefore we get this phenomena of an epidemic of loneliness as it's been called mm. people feeling more and more lonely more and more disconnected mm. it pains us it makes us sick so there's something that's there's something that that we haven't been able to keep right keep you know to keep up with mm. um so we've got these amazing tools these digital tools uh potentially we could be collaborating far more than we ever have done, but we're still being dicks to each other, you know? We've used the tools for, um, I'm going to be a little bit sort of crass and generalistic, to look at cats and to insult each other on Twitter, you know, but the pockets of collaboration, they, they seem more like competition, people arguing about which collaborative tool is the best one, which ones we should and shouldn't use. Mm. Um, and, and people, you know, grandstanding and saying, my ideas are the best, you know, and it's it's this it's this society that we've constructed around us this sort of materialistic industrial society that we've constructed where 
maybe we, we just matter less. We've created this monster and we actually matter less for this thing that we're supposed to really matter about. I, I, wrote, a, I wrote a blog post a while ago and it was social business is all about business. And mm. that's not necessarily a good thing. And, and that was, at, at that time anyway, good was, was my conclusion of the whole thing. When I was just observing that, that, that social business universe that, that I emerged myself in, uh, there were, obviously there's, there's authentic people and there are authentic companies who really see the opportunity to make a positive change in the world or in the workplace. Uh, but the fact that all these companies sprout up and, and all these huge companies jump like SAP and Microsoft and IBM and they all jump on it in a massive mm. way. And uh, that tells me that, I mean, it's not about, about you know, changing the world or, or making people more happy. No, it's about creating a product that can shift. That's what they want, and and yeah. it's about business. That the that bottom line is just it's irrevocable. It, it, did mm. I use that word properly? Yeah. <laughs> so there's no coming back from it. No, I mean you, you there there's I mean unless you really try and find some sort of an open source platform which is built and maintained by a community. Um, you're stuck with license fees and all those kind of things, and um, it's business, and it's good business, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But it's business nonetheless, and yeah, I think that's kind of missing the point of um, uh, this idea. I mean, it's 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 the business is at one end you sell. Uh, you, you move the boxes, right? You sell licenses or whatever. You get people to use uh, the product uh, by any means necessary. Obviously, at some point, you find a way which is more uh, productive than any other way. And, uh, and that turns out to be a best practice uh, where you make sure people are engaged and connected with each other and then they can use the platform, right? But mm. uh, it mm. really comes back to the uh, the human part, you know, the social part of a social network, mm. uh, which mm. defines how well it will work. Uh, if you focus too much on the ROI. And the KPI and 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 the business end and the business goals and all those kind of things, and then it it will fail. See, you're right. I, I mean, that's a question that I I hear, you know, regularly that the adoption of these tools is because we haven't kind of got people on board with it, or there's a cultural thing, or there's something around. There's a step before then, I think where it's tapping into people's drive to collaborate and drive to be with each other. And again, it goes in contradiction to the rather mechanistic structures that we've used to organize our businesses, which mm -hmm. are, which, which will, I believe, naturally tend to silos and separation. 
if you stru- if you structure a business in a command and control hierarchical way, you will get, I think, silos. It just seems like a corollary, and I'm probably missing something in there. But it seems like it doesn't surprise me to find that we've got silos, that we have people not really collaborating at work, because none of the structures hmm. really hmm. encourage it. No, hmm. I always have the feeling that. Uh, when you create a structure like that, a really strict command and control structure with silos, and you mm. want an, a sort of adversarial behavior between departments. It's what it looks like to me. Well, yeah. you know, that's where you uh, can create loyalty within the silos, right? And that's what you want. And my experience with that, I mean, if you, if you, try and get HR to do anything, uh, they won't. They will shut the door. I mean, uh, sure. a couple of years ago, and I'm sure there's still companies that have that difficulty yet. Um, uh, or when I was working in Brussels, I mean, it, it, that's, that's just what we're talking about, two, two and a half years ago. Try and get anything uh, changed on the intranet. I don't really think HR was particularly in control of that, but somebody was in control and they would not let go. It mm. was it was not open for discussion. Period. And or full stop. And uh, and and that's something that they they um, and I do my finger air quote thingy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, they would want that. I mean if you have a command and control structure then you want that little bit of Adversary, adversarial behavior because yeah i mean I, and i take your point that like you, you you maybe you want to engender a little loyalty within departments and certainly if i think about my my heart cells i want my heart cells to be loyal to being a heart cell and to maintaining the functioning of my heart but they don't compete with my liver cells or my lung cells See, see what I mean? Like the structure yeah. we've created is, well, is a business that's... as a machine, not a business as a living, breathing entity Absolutely. that's got life and, 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 and is adaptive. But they have I to be hate... able to communicate with each other. Absolutely. But there's a di- completely different model, which is one is a machine and one is a living, living and breathing and complex entity, like my body, where my heart doesn't compete with my lungs doesn't compete with my liver, doesn't compete with my digestion. It works in beautiful sync as a complex system and they don't comp- my organs don't compete with each other whereas you find that departments within a business because it's constructed like a machine they they seem to compete with each other they, they want primacy over the other or yeah i guess that's that's well, the thing it's, I'm it's, saying it's a fun, it, fundamental it doesn't engender the structure doesn't engender collaboration no and, as, and that's as a, that's exactly as my body engenders collaboration exactly and that's i think i mean i that's very well put because I think if you look at it on a, a global scale, or you know, on a uh, on a societal scale, that is the mm. problem. We have all these these institutions, you know, uh, whether they're from the government down, uh, all these care facilities, and then we have all sorts of businesses. And we have all sorts of industries that compete with each other for space, for time, for money, for resources. And then we have within those industries, there are the businesses that compete ferociously with each other for time, people, money, resources. 
And within those businesses, you have all sorts of departments that fight ferociously for time and resources and people. And within the departments, you have people who are fighting for the time and the resources and the money yeah. and all those kind of things. And there is no harmony. It's it mm. just it it's not there. It's and it's yeah. not just there on a uh, on on with me and and the dude across my desk. No, it's all the way up to mm-hmm. uh, on on a huge societal level, uh, on a global scale. I mean, now is that is is that down to the unlearning that you mentioned earlier? We're just not capable of um, being able to control. Um, um, our own um, impulses. Uh, if if you have the uh, Amused to Death album from Roger Waters, he says at some point, "Give any one species too much rope, and they'll fuck it up." Mm. And and that's true. And there is not if you, any species on this planet has to be controlled by some other species in some way, even top predators or whatever. It doesn't really matter. I mean, New Zealand, with all the deer that they had there, mm-hmm. they absolutely ravished the countryside because there was no natural predator. So they had yes. to shoot deer from a helicopter just by the dozens just to get rid so of them. In, they were same, a pest. same in Scotland. Same in Scotland. Exactly. It's not a natural place for a deer. And, and then, you know, the highlands were populated with deer so that the, the new English landowners could go and shoot deer up there. And it's yeah. ravaged the countryside. Yeah. No, no, well, those kind of things. And people, uh, in our infinite wisdom, um, just want more, basically, of everything, usually. And I, I watched a documentary once, and they said, they calculated how, how many people, how many humans, this planet would be able to s- sustain mm. if we did not use fossil fuels. And they came to around 3 billion. Mm. That would be the sweet spot. I mean, we could move all over the place and we can do things, but at some point you cannot physically move more than what you can physically move, basically, like food or whatever. You cannot uh, travel too far away from your source of food or you get into trouble and those kind of things. So that, that would hit 3 billion. But due to technology... Um, we're moving, what, are we already past 7 billion or yeah, breathing earth? So, so I, this isn't good enough for me no. because I think what we're doing is reimagining. So I, I refuse to believe that we can't learn. I refuse to believe that we can stop unlearning. If we reimagine other ways of doing this, now we found ourselves in a situation now we've probably got too many people than as you say, the earth could cope with, but here we are. We've got these amazing technologies, which, as you say, the the gap between the people that understand it and that don't is widening, and that is slightly frightening. If you think, if you kind of extrapolate tiny in a tiny way the Internet of Things and so on and so forth, um, we've got this stuff. We can't uninvent it. We can't unlearn about digital social media. But if we reimagine the things that we probably could develop in ourselves so that we maybe won't catch up entirely. But if we can begin to say, okay, um, 
take social digital social media out of it we have got to become more collaborative on this planet we've got to be more collaborative in our workplaces we're coming to the end where we see our overuse of resources is screwing up our living conditions how can we reimagine what are the things that we can do like i i, I mean i kind of I, i'll talk from my little corner of things which is sociometry and you know the work that jay omri brought there's there's a there's a there's a opportunity that's been missed I think there, and I think it's important that we keep pushing you know people connecting developing relationships. But what other things I think would be useful for us to reimagine? Because I don't want to finish this podcast. I certainly don't want people listening to kind of sign <laughs> off and go, well, let's just end it all then. <laughs> I think we're re- that was we're bloody disappointing. <laughs> we're reimagining. Yeah, we're reimagining. Or depressing. Or at least kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, it it it. I think it's it's something that that starts with um, with with on a very personal level, right? I mean, it's it's been said that uh, you don't have to worry about things that are outside of your circle of influence because you you can't influence them. Literally, you, you, there's just no way you can influence anything outside of your circle and. Hence, there's no reason to really worry about that. So then again, you do have influence um, or you can, what is it, extrude influence on, on your own personal circle. And that is where you can um, actually make some change for the better. And, and that's where it starts. I mean, if, if, if the, the, the person across from you... Uh, uh, at work uh, has a bit of an attitude problem and and it's just not you're not just not working well together then there's two things you can do or you can you can go somewhere else or you can there's three things you can you can go somewhere else um, you can just leave it as it is and deal with it or you can try and fix it and then you can um, Try and, and, and open the dialogue, have a conversation, and, and, and see what, what the problem really is and why, why are we having this difficulty. And I think most of the time it's just a lack of communicating which causes the friction in the first place. And then it might be a good idea to, to get people like you in or, or do a course uh, or like the workshops that you do and uh, just to 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 yeah, just to uh, uh, get that info, that insight that you need in order to understand what it is that that's going on, right? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, in that in, in that frame, I, I mean, I do, I do like to think that what I do is 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 only to catalyze something, which I think is there's there's a there's a natural drive for, and we have some skills. Like, and I think what you say is, you know, make have a communicate. As a without sounding too cliche, um, you know, somebody's anger is only the expression of an unmet need. So there's something going on for the person. They're grumpy or they've got an attitude problem. There's something that there's some need that's not being met by them. Absolutely, I agree. As you know, why not try and communicate and draw it out? Um, and you know, we don't learn how to communicate unless we practice communicating. You know, talking about it or reading it in a book is not going to make us good communicators. Like reading a book about skiing is not going to make me a good skier. No. Reading a book about archery is not going to make me a good archer. So 
maybe we've unlearned some things. Maybe we do have to give it, give it a go. Maybe we do have to, in some cases, pluck up a bit of courage because we didn't used to do. We're not used to saying to people, "How are you going? You seem a bit upset today." We're not used to doing that generally in our lives with people because the convenient way is just to not because we can we can get by we get by finish our work at five go home and have our dinner and you know we've got through a day i, I, I agree with you why not try and communicate and find out a little well, bit that's more when about you unlearn. what's behind it that's that that is exactly when you unlearn that is when you when you just when you do your thing when you go to work every day for nine to five you get home you eat dinner uh, you watch tv you go to bed, you get up, and you do the same thing. That is when you unlearn uh, the skills that you need. And if you are, you know, repressing the use of, of modern technology, uh, social networks or, mm. or the internet in general, I'm not saying that everybody should be on Facebook, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's... it's um, We've we've managed to turn our productive uh, hunter gatherer or uh, what's the other one farming uh, lives that most of us had in the you know generations past into a, a very monotone consumerism way of living where we just yeah. consume. That's mm. that's all we do. We just consume. And we don't and, produce and, anything. And the way we exactly, and and that kind of materialistic does create pressure on us to just conform. And we do create this sort of bland, this sort of bland picture of the world that we live in, which I don't think is true. See, I think there's it's about I think it's a little bit about shifting how we see things too. Yeah, the world isn't as bland and as flat as as the the mainstream media and so on would have us believe. Yeah. Um, if we if maybe approach people with the idea that they're the grumpiness or their lack of cooperation in the workplace or their um, what looks like being competitive and trying to you know patch protection and all that stuff, if we look at that rather than them being you know nasty piece of work, then it's, there's there's a there's a human need that's not being met, and we approach that. You know, maybe in a reimagined workplace, we start by just developing some skills on being kind and convivial and friendly with each other as a starting point. And I think there was a comment that um, was in our last podcast that you get more with honey than with vinegar. I think <laughs> we can take that. We can take that a long way, really. Mm -hmm. And and we might we might get some of that relearning the things that perhaps we have unlearned. In order to get to a place where we are actually collaborating more, and it won't actually have anything to do with the fact that we've got lots of amazing digital social tools, it'll have a, a large part will be down to the fact that we've invested ourselves in the social bit of social business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That would be very, uh, uh, you know, preferable. And mm. I still think that. Um, like I said earlier also, that it is something that we're lacking. And yeah. because um, we're still looking very, we're focusing really hard on, on the product itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we want, we want or some Absolutely. need 
an Apple Watch. And very yeah. few that actually buy one of those stops and think, how can it actually uh, add to my life, to my daily routine? Um, and I must honestly say that uh, with this one, with the Apple Watch, I've seen, squeeze me, more uh, articles about people actually asking that question. How, how does it contribute to my, my life? Does it at all do that? Um, which is not something that I've heard very often uh, in the past decade, so to speak. About whether it contributes to our lives. Yeah, like an iPhone or an iPad sure, or, or another sure. phone or a digital camera or an, sure. another laptop or anything of, of those kind of things. Never really, nobody really stopped and, and, and asked, does this really, you know, add to my quality add, of life? Yeah. Does it? Does it? Does it at all? And 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 with the yeah. with the with the mm -hmm. Apple Watch, people are as, actually asking that question. Um, so, maybe well, that's that, an that's that's a good trend. That's an interest, and that's an interesting point. I, it is a good trend, and well, I don't I don't wish people ill. I, a bit of me goes, I, I really don't want something like the Apple Watch to be a wild success, because again, it's like where are we putting our efforts? Um. I, I wouldn't. I'm not saying that I want Apple Watch to be a failure, but you know my point is, you know, again, to, to, to emphasize what you said, we focus too much on the product. And as you as you were saying that, I kind of turned it upside down, and that actually, we with the product is the process. And but I'll say what I mean by that. You know, when I, I I know a little bit about what goes on in in the theater world, and that I've heard people say, you you get your process on stage, and by that. If you have a rehearsal process, which is fragmented and fractious and argumentative and uncooperative and uncollaborative and you know highly ego driven and so on, when you get that thing, when you move the the play from the rehearsal room to the stage, it's what you see. And as an audience member, you can watch this and you can go, well, these people aren't connecting. They're not telling the story together. They're not working together. They're not collaborating. And it comes out of like the product that you see on stage. Is the process that they have used right. backstage? They haven't focused on connecting up and what's you know what's our shared vision and where we you know what what's the story we're all trying to cooperate cooperatively tell and so I think you know we do focus too much on the product, but but in that we we actually forgotten that we have we get a product that's that is the process that we use and so we get businesses um, in say in a customer service customer facing. Uh, way um, relating to customers and I'm sure you know this from experience and I do relating to customers in a way which is fragmented which feels chaotic which feels disorganized which feels you know you're not on my side and then you le learn a little about what's, what's going on in the business and that's how they operate internally you get outside what you've got inside yeah. um, and so it seems to me that it's if you want to take a purely you know, bottom line approach to it um, it would be a really good thing for your return on investment to invest a little bit in how can we collaborate better? How can we break down some of our silos? How can we be, be focused on each other and helping each other meet each other's needs internally? Because if you've got that orientation, if you've developed and relearned those social skills internally, it kind of seems that it would flow when you're relating to customers. Could be a crazy idea.
here. I don't know, but it's, you see what I mean. Like everything is connected. Everything is connected for me. In my, no, no, in my it's absolutely thinking. true. I mean, I can, I can totally. Um, a close friend of mine, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well, well, she's like she's on on the customer care, yeah, uh, end of the stick, and. I mean, Lee Bryant and, and Paul Schiff, they they also say it, right? I mean, if you, if you look at at a at, at a the company, which is the most important part of the company? It's that bit which touches your customers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not the CEO. It's just, it's yeah, not. Yeah, that's right. Not like yeah. like that that huge chunk of overhead that you have floating around that is trying to be smart and making decisions and look good in their new That's suit. That's right. But they don't have the contact with the client. They sometimes have a contact or, you know, they like to pretend they have when they're on stage doing sure. a keynote. You know, yeah. they like to pretend that they have that connection with people, but they don't. That's right. And especially not with the ones that are complaining about their product. Uh, because they avoid them like the plague. They avoid so, them like the plague, exactly. So it's the customer care that actually has the contact with people. And so they are the most important branch of a company and should be regarded and treated as such, as far as I'm concerned. But um, in her case, um, it's that's definitely not the case. They're... they're they're the, the 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 bottom dwellers, right? Right. And they don't get any cooperation. They don't get any information uh, from sales or from technical or whatever. They have mm. to beg for information. You know, just help me out because I got a client. And oh, what did, what did you want my client to say that you don't know? Or you know, and and that contact uh, gets. It's it's like sandpaper, right? All the time. It's just there's so much mm. friction all the time mm. that it it takes um, quite a lot of skill for the uh, the operatives that that are or the, the 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 customer care agents to maintain a civil level of conversation with the clients mm. is is just amazing the things that they can that they they that they do and had they the support that they need and the flexibility behind them that they need then their job would be so much more smooth and uh, the experience of the customer would be so much better they take a wild stab in the dark and would maybe if you surveyed the customers that they might experience the company a bit like sandpaper i would say so yeah I would, yeah. I would, I would, I would not probably take a huge leap if uh, uh, if you would form up uh, the questions like yeah. that. Then, then they would not be overly thrilled. I mean, I know that there's there's clients moving away because oh, well, there you go. because of 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 how badly sometimes is being uh, uh, you know problems are being dealt with. And uh, they just don't have the time for that kind of shit, <laughs> you know. So they just move away to a company yeah, that yeah. that that does it better, and that feels less like sandpaper. Absolutely. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. And that's, uh, you know, the, the the importance and the social skills that 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 you need within a company, um, 
you and I emphasize the word need. You really do need mm. them. And mm. some companies just manage to plow on just because of that heritage and just because they're of their market share, you know, and um, because of one or two really cool products. And but you know, it's just a matter of time before somebody else figures it out and has good customer care. So to paraphrase something that um, we've both read recently, by separating customer care from internal collaborative social learning, businesses have walked blindly into tragedy. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. You know, if if you lose sight of what it is that's important, then you you stumble at some point. And sure. uh, whether that's a business that, that focuses way too much on top management and, and sales rather than on long-term care, or it's a complete species that disregards its personal or its, its entire environment. Um, mm. But you know, bringing it all the way back to the workplace, I mean, if you lose sight of what for you at least is important and that mm. it has to be human interaction human interaction right i mean for mm. for for by far the most part of the people that go to work uh, there is that and and it's an important bit and if you ignore it then you know you just turn up do your thing and go home mm. and it just you know mm -hmm takes away from the pleasure that you could have at work because it can be fun even if the job itself is not all that yappy. Oh, uh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, one of the things that you know people report that makes their job satisfying, one of the I think one of the major things is they have fun with their coworkers. They enjoy their coworkers. Mm -hmm. And certainly I'd like to think that, you know, if I was working in a large business that I could rely on people to be, you know, friendly with me, and and you know, uh, when I request information or help, that they would be more willing to say yes than to say no. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's part of it, right? I mean, if you work in an environment where those kind, where the the, uh, the not so lovely part of uh, human interaction is prevalent try and get something done mm. Mm. You, you, there's there's i mean even asking the person across from you from do, the, do you have that report that uh, i missed it i i've deleted it or whatever can you get it to mm. me and it goes like no i'm assuming that you're hopeful that things can that we can relearn some of these things would i be right that's um definitely because that's you know part of the reason why i love social business so much and that I like doing this podcast and talking to you about these kind of things because it does give me uh, besides the fact that I think it can be done I also think it's immeasurably important that it happens and because we are lacking as a species on so mm. many levels we're flawed um, mm. Sure, we are. Um, you know, there's very, very, very few people who have 
who are righteous, right? And um, even mm. those who see the problems don't always play, you know, by the the most clean rules in order to, you know, there's always something. Sure. And yeah. uh, so, you know, but taking control of that, that, that your own bubble um, mm, is, mm. is still definitely very possible. We're not still not living in, we're not in North Korea, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, I doubt anybody ever will listen uh, in North Korea to our podcast, but, and but we're not there. We're we live in a, in a world where we can take control of our bubble, and if we can combine our technology that we're having now and mm -hmm. which is being developed, which is absolutely awesome, uh, combine that with all the knowledge that we've had uh, that we that we gathered over the past three two three decades. Mm -hmm. And the smart people that I know, mm -hmm. um, you know, and try and get people to, because the thing is that what we do at work, most of us, some of us, is something that requires maybe, maybe it is the digital change, the digital transformation that is required in order for us to be as productive or as communicative as we need or want to be in the working environment, mm. right? I mm. mean, because um, maybe, uh, you know, your daily run to the bakery would suffice to have your input of social, um, um, you know, collaboration sure. uh, with the rest of the village. It would keep you up to date. You could share a story here hear a story there and you're you're good to go you're, you're fine mm. right but in this day and age i mean the jobs that we do i mean they've evolved so extreme that you know sure maybe all that digital stuff can help us in order to move about in our modern world and but all we need to do is to make sure that we do it the right way and mm. you know and we keep and we keep our human values in there. Exactly. Yeah. Keep yeah. them high. Yeah. 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 I mean, I absolutely don't deny the the the, the possibilities that digital um, affords us. Absolutely. I mean, here we are podcasting. Um, you know, yeah, exactly. I, I use social media. I use social media a lot. I love the fact that in my iPhone, my my office is held in my hand when I'm out and about. You know, mm. I I love all that stuff. But I do think there is there is an element of let's let's keep to some human values. Let's make sure human values are built into that, and that we don't just press blindly for us to have these technologies. You know, for the sake of them. Yeah, exactly. Don't just have don't just give us another platform with which to be dicks to each other and with which to ignore each other and which yeah. to block each other. That we yeah. we actually develop ourselves in yeah. in sync or in conjunction with, even though our te technologies, I think, have outstripped our understanding of them but we do need to keep up to uh, up to speed with how we um keep uh you know sort of building community with each other sure and here's a platform that allows us to do it um, you know far and wide exactly exactly yeah. and and that's the beauty of it and by all means embrace it as mm. such but yeah grow up
and be yeah happy. well that's that yeah that's yeah grow up yeah yeah download the stuff and then grow up yeah and 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 keep growing yeah yeah and don't take it for granted and and uh, you know uh, don't use it blindly right mm. don't use it just because it's there don't do it just because you can and, exactly yeah. uh, think before you react i mean we're all communicating with the speed of light now and that's right and and it it can go very wrong very fast <laughs> yes and yeah. and you don't want that i mean you want to have you know you have to remain civil i mean that's that's i did a tweet like i don't know that is what separates us from animals not being able to mm. walk on our hind, not our opposite, uh, you know, opposing thumb, thumb or whatever. Yeah. It's being civil to each other. Animals just don't do that, right? Um, and humans can. We have that choice. We have the ability to choose to decide we can make to be conscious choices. That's right. Exactly yeah. to be civil yeah. to each other. To not, you know, be a dick online or in the workplace or not to uh, be a bully and those kind of things and so few of us sometimes it feels that way that so and I few think that's of us a, actually do that and so and it's a really good point that we have the, the the ability to make a conscious choice about it because i think embedded in that for me is don't wait for others to make the first move and i think that's one of the things i've seen go on in real life and online the whole thing about let's have some trust let's have respect but then you see that kind of virtual arm folding. You go first, yeah. and and I and I think we can make a conscious choice of you know we, we'll get we'll get that back if we start to provide it for people. But playing the you first game doesn't work mm. in my in my mind. You know, it's mm. it, it we may open ourselves up to being snubbed or hurt or or rejected if we if we do have a go first. But if we don't have a go first, how many opportunities might we miss? You know, so Maybe. if somebody looks a bit low or a bit quiet or a bit grumpy or whatever at work, don't wait for the moment when you know you think is best. Have a go because there's probably something going on for that person. There's a story that's not yet been told and could be the thing that unfolds more cooperation at work yeah. and more you know more exactly. helpfulness at work. Be civil. Have a conversation. Yeah. Go and get a cup of coffee. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's, there's in the past, God, how old am I? In the 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 past twenty five odd years, or a little bit more, thirty years, something, no, a little bit less, that I've been working, it's really, it's a handful of people. Yeah, yeah, really, same, same. Really, yeah. a handful of people that that just you know, genuinely, uh, stepped up and said, "Dude, let's go have a cup of coffee. Tell me what's up." Yeah. And and I, I'm reminded often of my my book of last year was Charles Eisenstein's The More Beautiful World Our Hearts Know Is Possible. And I recommended that book like mad. It's one of the best I've read. And he talks about moving to a story of interbeing, moving away from the story of separation, which is the one that we currently inhabit, to a story of interbeing. And he says then there there's it's not about being the the Gandhi that, that has that starts a movement or the Rosa Parks that starts a movement. It's you know the person who, who gives up a year of their life to take care of an, an ailing parent is as much making a move towards a story of interbeing and caring for others as the person who starts a movement to you know Indian independence and mm. civil rights movements. You know there's no difference in the two. Um, 
yeah so there's no act there is no act that's too small they're all significant yeah. and they they move us all to um you know being more collaborative with each other we mustn't lose sight of our humanity that's right yeah, that is yeah. something that tends to happen with all the digital that's stuff right that's yeah. going on yeah 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 wow Wow. On that note, <laughs> on that note <laughs> not losing sight of our humanity, um, which seems to be a conclusion that we sometimes, we, we often come up to, you know. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Keep that's being, true. Social business is about business and it's about social. Let's, let's keep um, learning how to do both of those well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So okay. until next time. Yes. And, until next time, we say farewell. And you can find us on rwcast.com. And please, while you're, while you're there, subscribe to our newsletter. Yes. Thank you very much.